In this audio, we're going to learn property and casualty basics. I'm going to be talking about the different topics within this chapter. I will begin by saying the name of the topic, explaining what the topic means, and then stating the definition of the topic. I will then repeat the definition of the topic three times. While I am repeating, for the first time that you listen to this, I recommend writing down the definition that I am repeating. On the second time that you listen to this, you will read the definition while you are listening, and these two ways will help implant the knowledge into your brain faster, especially since you also wrote the notes in addition to reading the notes in addition to hearing the notes. So let's begin with our first topic, which is insurable interest. Insurable interest simply means that the person who is buying insurance needs to be connected to the thing that they're buying insurance on or for. So you need to either have blood, business, or money with the item or the person in order to be able to insure them or insure the vehicle. Like you would not insure a car that you do not own. You need to own the car that you're insuring. You need to own the house that you're insuring. And if you're insuring a person, you need to be related or married to that person. The memory trick here is thinking for blood, business, and money. And friends are not somebody that you can have insurable interest with. You need to have blood, business, or money interest with people in order to have insurance. Now with property and casualty, we want to know that insurable interest must be proven at the time of the loss. So this is the definition that we're going to state. Insurable interest must be proven at the time of the loss. So I'm going to say that three times. Say it with me as I say it and write it down if it is your first time. Insurable interest must be proven at the time of loss. Insurable interest must be proven at the time of loss. Insurable interest must be proven at the time of loss. Our next topic is underwriting, which is known as the risk selection process. So if insurance is the transfer of risk, we need to know how much risk a person is going to be transferring to the insurance company. If they are a bad driver, they're going to be transferring more risk because they are more likely to file a claim. If they are a good driver, they'll be transferring less risk because they're less likely to file a claim. So underwriting is known as the risk selection process. And now we'll say it three times. Underwriting is the risk selection process. Underwriting is the risk selection process. Underwriting is the risk selection process. Next topic is perils. Perils are known as the cause of loss. They are the reason that a person files a claim. It's the thing that happens to you, to the car, to the house. A peril is the fire. A peril is the lightning. A peril is the wind. A peril is the hail. It's all the things that could possibly happen to a house, to a car, to a person, but not necessarily every single peril is covered. Only certain perils are covered depending on the type of policy, but a peril is the cause of loss. And now we will repeat. Perils are the cause of loss. Perils are the cause of loss. Perils are the cause of loss. Now, when a person gets a property or casualty policy, there are two ways to cover the policy, either as a named peril policy or an open peril policy. We'll discuss named peril policy first. A named peril policy is a policy that will only cover perils that are named or listed on the policy. 
So a name peril policy has to have a bullet pointed list of perils that the insurer will cover. And if a peril occurs to the house or car that's not listed, it will not be covered. It has to be listed in order to be covered. So a named peril policy is a policy that will only cover the perils that are named or listed on the policy. And now we're going to repeat that. A named peril policy is a policy that will only cover perils that are named or listed on the policy. A named peril policy is a policy that will only cover perils that are listed or named on the policy. A named peril policy will only cover perils that are named or listed on the policy. The next one is an open peril policy. And an open peril policy will cover any perils except what's excluded. So literally any possible thing that could happen to the house is covered unless it's listed in the exclusion list. So whereas a named peril policy will list what is covered, an open peril policy will list what is not covered. And our definition for open peril, again, is an open peril is a policy that will cover any perils except what is excluded. And now we'll repeat. An open peril policy is a policy that will cover any perils except what's excluded. An open peril policy is a policy that will cover any perils except what's excluded. An open peril policy is a policy that will cover any perils except what's excluded. Now, perils have to cause a direct loss, and that is our next topic. A direct loss is direct physical damage to the property, which also includes proximate cause of loss. So the direct loss would be the fire, the lightning, the wind, the hail. Whatever damages occur from that peril would be the direct loss. Proximate cause of loss is anything that is next to the loss. For instance, if a house is burning down, or sorry, if the kitchen is on fire of a house and the fire department comes along and sprays down the kitchen, some of the water, though, is going to land in the living room and the living room is not on fire, but now all the furniture is soaking wet because of the fire department. The wet furniture would be considered the proximate cause of loss because it is next to or nearby the fire, which is what proximate means, close to. Proximity means you are close to something. So the wet furniture would be the proximate cause of loss, but it will be covered under the peril of fire because the only reason that the furniture is wet is because of the fire. So the wet furniture would be the proximate cause of loss. The burned down kitchen would be the direct loss and all of it is covered under the peril of fire. So a direct loss is direct physical damage which includes proximate cause of loss. And now we're gonna repeat that three times. Direct loss is direct physical damage to the property, which includes proximate causes of loss. Direct loss is the direct physical damage to the property, which includes proximate cause of loss. Direct loss is direct physical damage to the property, which includes proximate cause of loss. Our next topic is an indirect loss. And these are the losses that happen because of the direct loss. They are a consequence of the direct loss. So if the house burns down, the indirect loss would be the cost of having to stay at a hotel. You never would have had to have stayed at the hotel if the house didn't burn down. So the direct loss would be the fire, the house burning down. The indirect loss would be the need to stay at a hotel because 
of the fire. So an indirect loss are known as consequential losses. And we're going to repeat that three times. Indirect losses are known as consequential losses. Indirect losses are known as consequential losses. Indirect losses are known as consequential losses. Next up, we're talking about a few different types of policies. A blanket policy is a single policy that covers multiple classes. What we're saying here is that in a typical policy, they'll say you have a building and the building will be covered for 100000 Then you have stuff in the building and the stuff will be covered for 50000 A blank, and that would be a specific policy where it lists out the building gets this much, the stuff gets this much. A blanket policy says we don't separate the stuff from the building. We just throw a blanket over the whole building and over all the stuff for 100000 or 200000 whatever it is. And either the building or the stuff or both of them together can access that amount of coverage. What matters the most for the exam is simply memorizing the definition, which is a blanket insurance is a single policy that covers multiple classes. And those multiple classes are like the building and the stuff. The building would be the property. The stuff would be personal property. Those are both different classes. And instead of saying each class gets its own separate amount of money, we say all classes get one amount of money that they can be covered for. So a blanket insurance is a single policy that covers multiple classes. And now we will repeat three times. Blanket insurance is a single policy that covers multiple classes. Blanket insurance is a single policy that covers multiple classes. Blanket insurance is a single policy that covers multiple classes. Now, specific insurance, as we already said, is where a policy covers each certain thing at its own amount of coverage. So the building would have its own amount of coverage and the personal property would have its own amount of coverage and they're not allowed to crisscross or dip into each other's funds. Everything is covered at its own certain amount. So a specific policy is a policy that covers a certain thing for a certain amount. And now we will repeat that three times. Specific insurance is a policy that covers a certain thing at a certain amount. Specific insurance is a policy that covers a certain thing at a certain amount. Specific insurance is a policy that covers certain things at a certain amount.